Please be advised, nothing in this podcast should be taken as therapy, medical care, or mental health care advice. Topics discussed by the host and guests reflect their own personal experiences and are not intended to replace the services of medical or mental health professionals. And please know, if you are having any thoughts of self-harm or taking your own life, please call or text 988. Help is available 24-7. I'm Rick Schwartz, life coach, public speaker, and all-around curious guy. My curiosity, my life, and the lives of the many people I have worked with have taught me time and time again that there are challenges to overcome and successes to celebrate. You're listening to We All Have Something, a podcast about the human experience, a podcast about celebrating our authentic self. So let's get started. Welcome to episode 20 of season two, and we are moving right along with these episodes. Before we jump into this particular episode, I have to start off with some gratitude. I know it's a little redundant. I do it often, but thank you all so much. For those who started to reach out on social media, send me messages on Twitter or Instagram, you know, we're starting to create what feels like a little community around this podcast. And I really appreciate that. My goal of having this podcast was to have the opportunity to kind of, well, not just kind of, to actually celebrate the human experience, the ups and the downs. We are here having this experience. We sometimes get stuck in our thoughts or our feelings and feel like we're alone or that we can't or won't reach out for help. And this podcast is creating an environment where we realize we're not alone, where we can learn from each other. We can learn from our own experiences and share those experiences as well. So thank you all. I really appreciate that. It is just really wonderful to have that foundation starting to be laid around this podcast. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I love it, and I'm looking forward to it growing more. And as much as I am sharing gratitude with you all, this episode's not about gratitude. This episode focuses on empowering thoughts versus negative thoughts. But before we get into sort of the meat and potatoes of all of that, Bear with me while I share a story with you. I grew up in Washington State, which means for middle school and also for high school history, part of the state history was studying the Oregon Trail. And I know not everyone grew up studying the Oregon Trail like I did. So I mean, perhaps if you're within Generation X, you played the old computer game Oregon Trail. It's kind of made some sort of revival in some sense. But I'm not going down that path, or trail, I should say. I just want to share really quick. The Oregon Trail was utilized in the mid-1800s as pioneers started moving toward the west into the new territories, specifically the Oregon Territory, which is now Washington State, Oregon, and parts of Idaho. And if you were unaware, the beginning of the Oregon Trail was in Missouri. Specifically, in our modern times, we mark Independence, Missouri as sort of that starting point. I believe that was one of the last major trading points before people just kind of, you know, head out into the wilderness. So it is 2,000 miles. It took them five to six months to travel this in their horse-drawn wagons or their ox-drawn wagons or even just walking on foot, some maybe on horseback. Today, if you were to just drive it, obviously we have freeways, it's much easier. Still, it's gonna it's about twenty-eight to thirty hours of driving. So, you know, a couple of days, which is an impressive road trip. But imagine, you know, you had a, a lot of people going sometimes a half a year of traveling to make it to a promised possible better place. So now we have those facts in front of us. We know it was several months of traveling, about a half a year. It was you know over two thousand miles. It was a couple of decades that this was happening where people would travel this trail, but I guess, you know, the railways took over and eventually this trail just kind of became 
lost. Now, we do have some current highways and freeways that, that cover a similar area because, well, people are smart. They're choosing the path of least resistance to make it over the Rocky Mountains and the Cascades and over rivers, etc. But get this, in the time period that the Oregon Trail was being used by pioneers to travel across out towards the west, whether they're in you know these wagons or on horseback, it's estimated anywhere from 350,000 to 500,000 or almost a half a million, essentially, people used this trail across that time period. Now, this is the part that really is interesting to me. I remember as a kid, I was fascinated by this. There are parts of the trail that go across different stone areas, rocks, mountains, etc., that to this day, there are grooves or ruts, paths that have been carved into the stone from all of these people traveling the same route over and over again. So in, in Guernsey, Wyoming, there's an area where the, the ruts have carved into rock, sometimes as deep as three feet. You can see this permanent scar, for lack of a better term, across the terrain where people traveled. And there's another spot not too far from Kansas City, Missouri, where there's, again, it's a stone. It's, it's basically just this giant rock that was traveled over and over again by these wagons, where these ruts now can be anywhere from three to five feet deep from this repetitive movement of people over this trail. Now, I know, I know, we're about five minutes into this. You're probably thinking, okay, he's talking about the Oregon Trail. Is he talking about perseverance? Is he talking about, you know, striving through the hard times? Where are we going with this? Well, well, hang tight. I know talking about the history of the Oregon Trail doesn't necessarily fit directly into the topics of this podcast, like personal growth and personal development. But just, you know, take a moment now. Think of those pioneers and those wagons traveling the Oregon Trail as thoughts in your head. Thoughts that travel through your mind instead of traveling the Oregon Trail, okay? So just kind of help me out. Go go with me here a little bit. Each thought is kind of carving its own rut into your mind, like the covered wagons cut through those ruts in the earth and a rock on the trail. So you see, when we have a thought, just like one wagon or one person going across the wilderness, doesn't really leave much of a trail. But when we start to have repetitive thoughts... These thoughts start to create their own, well, if you will, ruts or sort of habitual thoughts in our mind. So I want to ask you to just take a moment as we work through this episode and even honestly, maybe a little bit of homework. I don't, I don't want to say homework, a little bit of extracurricular activities you can choose to do to improve your life. I want you to ask yourself, what kind of imprint is being left in your mind by the thoughts you have? I will be the first to admit, we go through our day, just the thoughts kind of happen, right? We're reacting to the environment around us. We react to somebody cutting us off in traffic or letting us in, letting us merge in. Or maybe it's that jerk at work, or maybe it's the really kind person who did something nice for us that was just a subtle thing. But either way, our thoughts tend to go around the reaction of what we are experiencing in our environment. And even in our modern times with social media, we are scrolling through, looking at what our friends are doing. Sometimes something else pops up or someone has a comment about something and it can influence how we're feeling or thinking in the moment because it's right in front of us. It's on our screen. It's right there, part of our face. So again, how much of our thought process are we really consciously choosing to have or what is happening just because we have stimulus around us and we're responding to it? Now, research shows us that about 75 to 80% of the time, the average person is having negative thoughts. And we average about 60 to 80,000 thoughts 
per day, most of them are redundant. They're on repeat for some reason. There isn't a lot of data as to why this is. It's just an observational research that's been done through psychology. And I find it very interesting, honestly. Now, I do know this. I do know that a lot of our negative response or negative thought process is a survival technique. It is something that is deeply ingrained in us from way back. And I know we've talked about this before on this program. But when we had to deal with survival, that being focused on the negative things kept you alive. Being focused on how dangerous a cave bear is, being focused on how a berry might be poisonous or not poisonous, these things kept you alive. So being focused on and thinking about the negative things allowed you to have survival and move forward through life. It doesn't always serve us quite as well now in our modern times. I think we've changed our environment so much so rapidly that our evolution perhaps hasn't caught up to that. So our mind still works in that area of survival, which then puts us in that 75 to 80% of the time we're having negative thoughts instead of thoughts that are going to help empower us. These thoughts in our modern times also then can become self-deprecating thoughts or thoughts that prevent us from doing things because we tell ourselves we aren't good enough or skilled enough or really it's just not for us or you know that's just a silly dream that we're having. And more often than not, those voices that we hear aren't usually our own, uh, not our true voice. These are voices we've adopted from somebody else, but we'll, we'll get into that in another episode. But this does bring me to an interesting point on this topic. You know, we've drawn that analogy with the Oregon Trail and how over time each individual thought carves into our mind its own sort of rut deeper and deeper. But what do we do about this? You know, you're like, okay, great. Uh, I've had some negative thoughts and you're right. I can see how it's become habitual. I've got these ruts now that you mentioned in my mind. How do we get out of the rut? What, what do we do with this? Stick with me here as I share one more story with you. I want to get a little more personal than just saying I you know, took history classes when I was a kid about Washington state history, and we learned about the Oregon Trail. Right when I was, what, 29, 30 years old, I started the process of going through a divorce. And so that put me in my early 30s in a position in my life that I never thought I would be in, never dreamt I would be in. Uh, It's not at all what I had planned or hoped for with my life, but nonetheless, I was there. Uh, It was emotionally probably one of the more challenging things I've ever been through. Uh, Mentally, one of the more challenging things I've been through. And of course, if you've been through divorce, you know it's also very financially hard. You're used to a dual income, shared expenses, to now you're single with only your income being able to cover the expenses. Oh, yeah. And by the way, lawyers cost a lot of money. And if there's a disagreement between you and your ex, uh, then that just costs more because the lawyers need to be even more involved. So without getting into the details, I will tell you this. I came out the other side of that actual divorce within years of having to deal with heavy debt to the point where I was trying really hard. And luckily I did. I mean, I don't know. Now at this point, I don't know if it was luck or I don't know if there was a benefit to it, but I avoided bankruptcy just by a couple of pennies. I'm so thankful I had the support of my family that were able to help out here and there. But I ended up with a lot of debt. I was at a point where I was paying one credit card bill with another credit card, you know, getting a cash advance on a credit card to pay another one just to help prevent default and more fees. But honestly, doing a cash advance on a credit card had its own set of fees. So I don't, I don't know. I was, I was at a point where it just was, I felt like that one last little turd that just wouldn't go down the toilet was swirling and swirling and swirling, just about ready to go down. 
And I know, maybe that's a bit graphic, but that's really what it felt like. I was so down on myself. I was having such a hard go at life. I would wake up and thankful I've got a job, thankful I've got a roof over my head, but everything else in my life felt like it was just circling the drain. And I, I wish I could point to, I wish I could say, this is what happened, or this is, this is the moment it happened. I don't remember. I don't remember when it was or how it was, but I adopted this attitude that I'm not going to just focus on the tens of thousands of dollars that I owed and that I was just, uh, again, felt like I was just going in circles with this debt. And, and it's easy to do, right? I mean, it's easy to just be overwhelmed and focused on that, focused on, on the negative, focus on what's holding you back, focus on all this thing that you wake up, you go to sleep, it's still there, this heavy weight over my head. But for whatever reason, I got to the point where I would focus on what could I do to get out of this debt? What could I do to increase my income? What could I do to cut back on expenses? Now, I'll fully admit, I had cut back as far as I think I could. I didn't do anything extracurricular that cost money. I would eat rice and tofu (laughs) probably five days a week, honestly. Uh, It just was one of those things where I was cutting every corner that I possibly could to help with the issue of expenses. But then the attitude was, okay, what can I do to start making more? So the the attitude, the thought processes that started to go through my mind were constantly focused on what can I do to increase income instead of the focus and thought process being, I'm so heavily in debt, I am ruined, I'll never get out of this. I remember waking up each morning thinking about how to increase my income. Where can I get another dollar, $2, $10, $100, whatever it may be, instead of focusing on the tens of thousands of dollars that I owed. And if I ever felt my mind wandering towards that big number of what I owed, I would immediately, nope, that's not going to help me. I need to focus on where the income is. I chose to create paths that focused on income. I created paths that focused on being thankful for for having the mind and the body and the ability to create income in my life. Now, this was, again, this was a while ago. This was pre-like side hustles all over the internet now. And although, yes, I did have to also focus on living frugally, one could think that, well, if you're going to be a penny pincher, that you're focusing on what you don't have is why you're being a penny pincher. I chose to think of it as, look, if I'm pinching my pennies, if I'm not spending as much, it's because I'm creating more income by not spending. So every thought I had, everything I did, I painted this picture that it was creating income for myself. The analogy that I would draw here is to kind of think of it as every thought that rolls through your mind is a coin. And it has two sides. Are you focused on the negative or the positive? Actually, I don't even, again, I don't want to go back to saying negative and positive. I want to say negative and empowering. It's not a negative and positive side of the coin. And I say that little, you know, side note here. I'm really sensitive to toxic positivity where you just sugarcoat everything and you're not actually addressing or seeing what needs to be dealt with. And that's, I don't want that to be confused here uh, by saying negative and positive side of each coin. So I want to say negative, which draws you away from your goals and, and where you're trying to live your life versus the empowering ones, which help drive you towards it. So we're sticking with that. <laughs> the concept here is to coin negative and empowering thoughts. They keep you going forward. That's helped me achieve that goal uh, and, and live a more fulfilling life. And I can look back now, because this is a couple decades ago, I can look back and say that this really did impact and change myself moving forward. It's really hard to stay stuck where you are if you are filling your mind with empowering thoughts, because each thought pushes you forward, motivates you further, gives you permission to step into what you can do. I think of it this way. 
once you are conscious of your negative thoughts versus empowering thoughts, I, I want you to treat each one of them like music that you hear. Think of it this way. Think of it this way. Okay, go back, go back in time a little bit further. Not quite as far as the Oregon Trail, but there was a time where we just listened to the radio in the car. And if a, if a song came on that you didn't like or a commercial, you'd simply change the radio station. And now in our modern times, we make playlists. We listen to podcasts. We make playlists with all of our favorite songs. We would change the radio station if we didn't like the song that came on, just like we don't put songs we don't like on the playlist that we create to listen to. Think about that for a second. Think about that. You curate the music you listen to. You curate the stuff that you like, that resonates with you. Do the same thing with your thoughts. Create that playlist of empowering thoughts. Delete the thoughts off your playlist that are not serving you. Don't even put them on there in the first place. The self-doubt, the self-deprecation, the endless loop of self-judgment, do not let those go on your playlist. And, and I know I'm offering up a wide variety of different analogies here, but I want this to sink in. I want this to be something that resonates with you some way, whether we're talking about two sides of one coin, whether we're talking about a playlist, whether we're talking about covered wagons making ruts in your mind that represent your thoughts. I want this to really sink in. We have a choice. We have a choice. And I know I've said this before, you can react to the world around you or you can go at it with intention. And that when things happen around you, yes, have the feelings and, and responses that you have. Think about why you're having them, but don't get stuck there. Don't put that negative thought on repeat. I mean, like I said earlier in this episode, there's tens of thousands of different thoughts in our mind every single day. Most of them are on repeat for some reason. And again, 75 to 80% of them are negative. So what is that? Well, we're trying to survive in a world that could be potentially dangerous, but most of our modern time era thoughts aren't life-threatening ones. Now, of course, if you are dealing with life-threatening stuff, it's a bit different. But in our day-to-day -day routines, you can choose the playlist that you want. Yes, a song can slip in there that you don't want and might even get on repeat a couple of times before you realize that it's happening. And you know the analogy here. I'm talking about your thoughts. You could have a self-deprecating thought, a judgmental thought about yourself, a negative thought, something that makes you angry. You can be looking back sometimes. And I do this. I do this. Sometimes I think back in my past. Why did I do that? What a fool. I can't believe I did that. And I start and I listen to the way I speak about my past self. I'm like, oh, stop that. Stop that. No, 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 no. You did the best you could with what you had in the moments that you're in. Now you know better. So it was a lesson learned. Move forward and let that go. Any, any sort of version of those kind of negative thoughts that are pulling you down, that are holding you back, that are, are on that replay in your mind, when you recognize them, push pause. Give yourself permission to move forward. No, no, that's not my current voice. That's not my current thought. And it doesn't mean you switch everything over to rainbows and unicorns and ignore things that are happening in your life, but recognize what do you really have control over? Is sitting there dwelling on it, looping it over and over in your mind, helping you truly process it, which is what some people claim they're doing? Or is it just a stuck loop that you can't stop obsessing over for lack of a better term? Choose a different playlist. Choose a different playlist in how you want to move forward. Now, I will be the first to tell you here, this does not happen overnight. I am asking you right now to bring awareness into your life about how our mind works in these negative thoughts versus empowering thoughts. But I want you to take today's episode and start practicing 
being aware and conscious of these things we're talking about, and then seeing where you can implement it. And I do have a little recommendation for you. I picked up this book a while ago called Happiness is a Habit. It's by Michelle Phillips. I'll put a a link. I think uh, I got it on Amazon, but I think you can get anywhere. And again, it's not an affiliate link. I don't want to be tied up with any of that stuff. I just want to give you information. So her name is Michelle Phillips. Michelle has one L in it, not two, which tends to be more traditional, I guess. I don't know. Happiness is a Habit. And in here, she talks about the way we can work through sort of uh, these guidelines, if you will, about your your thoughts and how you might be able to apply it to your self-talk. The number one thing she has here on this list, it's a, a list of seven. Acknowledge when your self-talk is holding you back. Be aware and conscious of all of the limiting beliefs it instills in you. Number two, ask yourself how this belief is limiting you from having what you want. Number three. Ask yourself what belief you would need to have to get what you want. Number four, replace the limiting belief with a more empowering belief. Number five, affirm and visualize your new belief. Six, repeat, believe, and practice. Number seven, take action. Number six is really important. You have to get that that forward moving, that empowering thought on repeat. You also have to believe that it is possible or that it is true. And sometimes we just have to hit repeat enough that we start to feel it and believe it. And then practice. You must practice this behavior. That number six there is a powerful one with repeat, believe, and practice. But all of this is great. And again, this is from Michelle Phillips' book, Phillips with an S on the end, Happiness is a Habit. It's on page 43 is where that list is about our self-talk and how we can take action to have more of an impact on where our mind goes and the empowering thoughts versus negative thoughts. You know, again, going back to the original analogy here about the Oregon Trail and these hundreds of thousands of people using the same path over and over again, creating ruts three to five feet deep in solid stone. Our thoughts can work the same way. We keep having the negative thoughts over and over again. And it carves into our mind an easy path for them. You can do the same thing with empowering thoughts, though. You can start having those empowering thoughts travel that same route to create those ruts and grooves. And it becomes like anything else. The more frequently you do it, the easier and more natural it becomes. And don't get sidetracked if this doesn't work. No, rephrase that. Don't get down on yourself if this doesn't work within a couple of weeks. Your brain has created habits on how you think. Habits take a long time to restructure, and new habits can take, yes, you've probably heard it before, 21 days to make a new habit, but it's scientifically proven 90 days is when you create a routine, and routines are what happen automatically. Habits support routines. Habits can become automatic as well, but to really do an override to restructure old bad habits into new good habits that serve you, it can take up to 90 days. So give yourself time. Get this into practice, even if it's just with one thing. Maybe there's one thing that you have been negative about on yourself or in your life. You know, you're not good enough. Any any of that stuff. Change that one. Just work on that one. Change that one playlist. Look at the other side of that one coin from the negative thought to the empowering thought. And I guarantee you, the more frequently you do this, the more you become conscious of it, you start to shift multiple areas of your life over time. And it is worth it. I wouldn't be talking about it if I didn't believe in it or know its value. So that's why I want to bring this to you in this episode today. I truly hope you found value in this episode, that maybe something discussed or brought up here will serve you well, or even give you the opportunity to serve others in some capacity. 
Now feel free to share this episode if you feel it's worth sharing and talking about it with others, because that's, that's how we create community. That's how we create an impact to make a difference. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode. And as always, you can check in the episode descriptions for links to get in touch with me or anything discussed here during this episode. Uh, Like I said, there'll be the link for Happiness is a Habit by Michelle Phillips. You can also find me on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and yes, even TikTok for inspirational and thoughtful content. All those links are also below in the episode description. Or you can always check out my website, coachrickschwartz.com. You'll find more information there about my coaching, and you can even sign up for a free 30-minute discovery call where we connect via Zoom to discuss what's going on in your life and if my coaching program might be a good fit for you. Thanks again for listening. I do really appreciate it. Have a good one, everybody. Everybody.